D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast with your hosts, Garen and Dan. Welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hey guys, it's Garen, and this week we are super excited. We paired up with the folks over at Habitica to create level 14 versions of our avatars from the app. Before we get into that, let me briefly explain to you what this app slash website is and how you can use it to make your life a heck of a lot better. Habitica is basically a to-do list where they have created a fantastic overlay to give it a role-playing game experience. You have an avatar, you complete daily tasks that you set up for yourselves and long-term tasks that you can have to have a due date down the line or just work on as you go along. As you check these things off the list, you get experience, gold, you start to get mana, and then you can pair up with your buddies, take down huge bosses, earn lots of fun loot where you can dress up your avatar in items that increase your in-game performance as well as just cosmetically fun, and you get to collect pets that you can then feed and turn them into mounts. All of that just for making your bed, doing your daily exercise, and flossing your teeth. It's so cool. Yeah, and one of the most important things that Garen did not mention is once you reach level 10, you're actually able to pick a class. It's a super fun little D&D kind of spin on, uh, like you said, doing your laundry. But we love this app so much that we approached the folks over at Habitica asking if we could feature their app on our show, kind of feature our own avatars just because we love it so much. So just head on over to the App Store, download it. Sign up on their website. It's free to use. They also have subscriptions that you can pay for uh, that offer some other really cool things. We all need a little more D&D in our lives after all, guys. So get it going on every single level. Before we get into the characters that we built and thus this service, let's go over the rules of our show. We'll be scoring our character creations based on nine criteria. Melee damage, range damage, burninating, which is magic damage, control in and out of the battlefield, tankiness, or how well that character can take a hit and what kind of healing they have, ally assist, what that character does to help their fellow party members, balance, how optimized or balanced the character is just on the sheet itself, and finally, the smooth operator and spitting fire scenarios. Yeah, so for the spitting fire and smooth operator scenarios, we basically get a role-playing scenario that's been provided to us by one of our patrons, and then we have to determine how the PC we built would handle it in both a smooth and aggressive manner. So often we use charisma-based skills, uh, but we can also use spells, background features, or really whatever we can think of. Now, each of us will also get a challenge roll where we can make the other person earn the score that they're arguing for, and the roll will use the charisma modifier for a persuasion check. The various scores have a different DC. For instance, a plus two would be a DC of 17. And if the person meets or exceeds that DC, the score is achieved. But if they fail, they must take the score below that of which they're arguing. Whew, I feel so much more productive after going through that. But maybe I got some of my inspiration from my virtual self, and that is Productive Pete. <laughs> productive Pete is a far more productive virtual self. He has a pet panther, and he knows how to get shit done. So in the app, my avatar is a little blue man. Uh, so I made him a furbolg. I also made him a beastmaster. So I took the class of warrior in, in the, uh, but I wanted to have a little bit more of a visceral connection here with my pet. So I did take the beast ranger 
archetype of the ranger. And you may remember this background from last week's episode. I am repeating the Simic scientist background because I think it's also so appropriate for this week's character. So stay tuned for rationale on that. But Garen, I'd love to hear who you brought in. I have fought alongside of your avatar in many quests, but I'd love to hear his story. Well, his name, as it comes to the character lab, is Tugdagan. That is a Mongolian deathworm name that I got from Fantasy Name Generator. Tugdagan spent years floating through life, occasionally accomplishing a task, but most often just talking about the great adventures he was planning on going on, and then shelving the idea until it faded from memory. This all changed when he found a method of holding himself accountable. By putting his life and his party lives on the line in order to complete these adventures, he became more successful than he ever dreamed. He loved this new life and wanted to share it with as many people as possible, helping others to find their way to success through regimented discipline. My avatar in the game is heavily armored, holding a axe and a shield, and he is riding a hedgehog. So I have brought into the lab today a changeling from the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron, because you can change your appearance as often as you want in Habitica. And I am using a oath that I crowdsourced off Twitter, asking users for interesting paladin oaths that I've never heard before, and know me to barbarian. At Nomi the Barbarian sent me the Oath of the Common Man, a oath based on communism, but it's more about building up your friends and helping out your party. So my character in Habitica is the healer, and I have made a very supportive paladin for this week. So Tugdagan is probably, I, I, I'm Dan, I'm a little worried he's a little too OP for you. <laughs> well, that's okay, because in the game of, I'm sorry, in the app, your level, I believe, is what? Your 50 some odd? Uh, that'd be level 90. Oh, you're level 90, right. And I am I think I'm somewhere like around level 24. So that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm preparing for a proper ass whooping. <clears throat> well, let me just go through some more of my dailies here. Uh, we have completed the intro. Dan, uh, we did our character backstories. So now, Dan, it says we have to have a message from our friends over at Cantrip Candles next. <laughs> well, of course, I'd never forget about them. Cantrip Candles are the purveyors of 100% soy candles that are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in games like D&D and Pathfinder. They have a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world, such as musty taverns, libraries full of arcane texts, or the one that we just lit up, Gold Wheat Bakery. I don't know about you, Garen, but I use Habitica quite a bit on the weekends. I get my meal prep done, I clean, I do laundry. I get a lot of satisfaction from the work that I get done around the house on those days. And this candle's vivid and deep notes of yeast and flour remind me of those days where you just accomplish great things from scratch. It also happens to be perfect for that shady bakery in town that is run by hags. But to be honest, you can find a scent for just about all of your adventures with their sampler pack, which offer nine of their scents for a great low price. Once you decide that you want to buy every single one of them, we're happy to announce that you now can, and the lab will help some cover some of the costs. When you use the code LABRAT, L-A-B-R-A-T, all one word, at checkout, you will receive 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to ch check them out. That is Cantrip Candles, and if you don't know how to spell Cantrip, you should not be playing D&D. But you can work on your spelling by practicing every day and have Habitica remind you. Damn right. Thank you, Dan and Cantrip Candles, for that message. Now, let me see what my next daily is, and that is, oh, beat Dan in the Habitica D&D Character Lab episode. I'm going to get that popping off right now. You ready for this ass whooping? Let's do it. All right, so right into the melee category. My character, Tugdagan, is sporting the Battle Axe. That is the axe that I am that I have in Habitica. It is inspired by bats. It's purple and it's badass. I got a plus eight to hit on it, one D eight plus three damage, and two attacks. But did I mention I'm riding a hedgehog? That's a dire hedgehog to you, motherfucker. And I have named him Despater. 
Despater is one of the demons that runs the eighth level of hell, and I named him after Despater because my hedgehog's kind of a prick too. He is using the stats of a brown bear, but I nerfed his damage a little bit, and I gave him a little extra bonus. If you try and touch him on his spines, you take 1d4 piercing damage. That's appropriate. So anyway, yeah, this is broken as hell. Who's trying to grapple your mount, really? I mean, that's just for flavor. So we're going to go through how I built a proper beast master that has an animal accomplice, and we'll go through your nerfed brown bear, and then we'll see what's broken. Don't get all bent out of shape. Despater's claw attack is a plus four to hit, 2d4, plus four damage. It's not huge, but... More, more than my panther, my friend. But you got a weak-ass panther. At level 14, I'm arguing a zero. Yeah, you'll get a zero for sure. That's worthy. I'm arguing a plus one, and it's because I did this the right way. My panther has two attacks, plus nine to hit. He has a bite attack with a reach of five feet, does 1d6 plus two piercing damage, but he also has a claw attack with 1d4 plus two slashing damage. He has two attacks, and I also have two attacks, so I deal out plus eight to hit, and I have a short sword, which deals out 1d6 plus three piercing. It's a total of four attacks coming from this one, this one character. Absolutely. And my attacks with my mount, listeners, are purely circumstantial. He's only going to attack if he is attacked. I'm not cheating Dan out. You know what I mean? All right. All right. All right. I didn't, I wasn't clear on that. I thought that you had a, a creature that had its own initiative and was actively engaging in battle. No, it's just also a melee option. Gotcha. Okay. I'm going to move it right into ranged. I'm going to plus two here. I have the archery fighting style. I have a longbow with a plus 10 to hit, deals out 1d8 plus 3 piercing. Again, I have two attacks. And then I'm going to also argue that my panther has a pounce attack. So if the panther moves at least 20 feet straight towards a creature and then hits it with a claw attack on the same turn, that target has to succeed on a DC 17 strength saving throw or it's knocked prone. And if it is knocked prone, that panther can make a bite attack as a bonus action. I think it's ranged because dashing from 20 feet, that's my argument. I could have put it in melee. I decided to put it here for a plus two. Yeah, it's clever. And you're forcing my hand here. I'm going to ask you to do the roll on this one because I don't see this ranger coming up too hot in any other category. You got it. My charisma is a 14, so I have a plus two. And the DC for a plus two is a 17, so I need a 15 or better on the die. I rolled a nine. I'm going to write down another one for you there, my friend. What are you bringing to the ranged category, friend? I'm arguing zero on ranged as well. I use javelins, plus eight to hit, 1d6, plus three, but I do have two attacks. Okay, keep it moving. Right on. Burninating damage. I have got divine smite, naturally, one of my favorite parts of being a paladin. Sure. But I've also got improved divine smite. At level 11, I deal 1d8 radiant damage on any weapon attack I make. Yeah, that, I do really love we've only covered it like briefly in maybe one or two episodes but i really do love that ability at 11th level it makes pallies just so beefy consistent magic damage is really hard to knock you know garen i happen to agree with that let me finish mine and then we can get to whatever you're holding in the tank last spell that i have brought to the table here is divine favor i can cast it on myself concentration up to one minute and i get an additional 1d4 radiant damage to all attacks so i am arguing a one here because of the consistent damage oh all right boy if you get a one i think i get a one i'm arguing a one and i have exceptional training my panther all of his attacks count as magical now that's part of the new uh, the new changes they made to the player's handbook is that correct yes garen that's right uh this was recently revised uh so all of those attacks count as magical and then of course 
I have a spell as a ranger called Conjure Barrage. I don't know if we've ever touched on this on the show, but I want to briefly go over it for our listeners. Uh, You throw a non-magical weapon or fire a piece of non-magical ammunition into the air. So I would be, you know, casting a bow into the air to create a cone of identical weapons that shoot forward and then disappear. Each creature in a 60-foot cone has to succeed on a deck saving throw, or every creature in that 60-foot cone would take 3d8 damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. The damage type is the same as that weapon, which would be piercing in this case. Those two things considered, I'm arguing a one because I think that having consistent magical damage from your animal companion is pretty powerful. It's great. I have to agree with you. We are basically making the same argument here. And I know I used that spell once. I want to say it was on my Wizard Barbarian Romel Birch tier that I did. That's a really fun spell. I enjoy that one for, for ranged magic. Also, just kind of gives like a little bit of like a magical feel to the ranger. Like you it just shows that you're like really good with a bow. <laughs> I just I have this whole mental theater thing going on when I think of just shooting a bolt up into the air and then 13 come raining down, you know? Yeah, I think you'd have to play it out that way. Otherwise, you're totally wasting the moment. So moving into control, I'm arguing a plus two here. I have favored enemies such as fiends, constructs, because I fuck up them emails, and humanoids. Um, (laughs) I also have spells such as silence, locate object, beast sense. I also have features like primeval awareness, land stride, and uh, speech of beast and leaf, which is a furbolg racial trait. I'm also proficient in survival because Habitica has made it so that I can survive my day day to day. Persuasion, because I got to convince my boss that I'm getting my job done investigation because we don't always know the answer to everything in life insight (laughs) medicine all of these things help me get my various tasks done in my everyday life i also have that researcher background feature which i talked about on last week's show if i don't know uh the answer to something i know at least where to find it and then i have a number of ways in which i cannot be seen like hide in plain sight disguise self or hidden step which is another uh racial feature of the furbolg and then i also have vanish which you can use the hide action as a bonus action on your turn. Also, you can't be tracked by non-magical means unless you want to leave a trail. And then, of course, my panther can't leave him out of the out of the equation. He has keen smell, which gives him advantage on wisdom or perception checks that rely on smell. All of that considered, I think that's a great bit of control, giving a worthy plus two. Wow. Yeah, that was a really good listy list there. But all of that was pretty standard stuff, so I don't really want to unpack that, but I'm not really going to argue your plus two. I'm arguing a plus one in control. I have got Fine Steed in case Despater disappears on me. And I have got Change Appearance as being a changeling. I can change my height, weight, face, voice, all that stuff. It has to be a creature that I've seen before. I can't change my entire body shape. I can't become a centaur. Basically, that's the essence of the changeling, is I can completely alter myself whenever I want. I also have a couple of features at being the Oath of the Common Man, my channel divinities. Workers' Harmony, I let out a message of unity calling on spirits of laborers to help me, and for a number of rounds, equal to my charisma modifier, which is three, all of my actions are considered to be aided by the help action. That's pretty cool. That is. I've also got turn the bourgeois. I utter an indictment against those that consider themselves better than the common man. And the examples that the author gives are dragons, fae, non-chaotic fiends, but it's purely at DM's discretion. And all of those creatures are turned away for one minute, which means they have to use their full action to move away from me. They can take the dash action. But if they take damage, of course this is broken. Those two channel divinities I think are pretty powerful. They are. And I am arguing a plus one. I'm going to push the roll here because that's a pretty good deal of control, and uh, I think I want to see that go down to a zero. 
I think that's going to be one of your strongest categories. Well, right, like I said, I got a plus three to my charisma, so here we go for that 14 or better. Natural 20. Oh, you get a plus three. Woo! Oh, that, just changed the game on. up in here. You're a changeling, all right, changing the game. All right, so why okay. don't you go ahead and take us into the tanky category. How well can your changeling take a hit? And I better not be hearing nothing about no hedgehog steeds. Nothing about the hedgehog. I don't even need him. I have 168 hit points. I have an AC of 20. Whoa! I also, yep, I've got plate mail and a shield. I also took the heavy armored master feat, which means I reduce all non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing damage by three damage anytime I take it. I'm this, immune uh, to disease. This battle axe that you have, this bat-themed axe, is it a one-handed weapon? Yes. That's okay. why it's a 1d8 on damage. Gotcha. Okay. I'm immune to disease. I have lay on hands for 70 HP. And I have unsettling visage, which as a changeling, I can use my reaction to impose disadvantage by revealing my true nature. It recharges with a short or long rest. I'm arguing a plus two, of course. Yeah, you're very worthy of a plus two. I can't even come up with a single reason. I was thinking about the weapon maybe uh, being a two-handed weapon, but not the case. So... Definitely a plus two. I'm arguing a plus one. I have 154 HP with an AC of 16, and my Panther has 56 HP with an AC of 18. I also have spells nice. such as Stone Skin and Cure Wounds. So I think that's worthy of a plus one because I got my Meat Shield Panther, who is my ride or die. I'm not going to argue with that at all. The Panther sounds, that's that Dex AC getting up to 18. That thing is hard to hit. Well, actually, the nice part about Beastmaster is you can add your proficiency bonus to its AC as you level up. So the Panther, I think, has a standard AC of 13, and you're able to add that plus 5 proficiency bonus to the AC. So that's, a, that's super nice. Fantastic. So how do you help your Panther and your other friends? See, this is probably my weakest category. I'm arguing a negative one here. I have some stuff. I have Detect Magic, Non-Detection, and Freedom from Movement. So this, I believe, at level 14 classifies as better than nothing. That's true. Freedom of movement could come in handy. Certain encounters may have difficult terrain, and you're allowing your allies to move through that. So I'm not going to knock that. I, I kind of wanted to theme that as, like, in my job, I kind of help people, you know, <laughs> manage difficult terrain. And I get, I get through that with the help of knowing what to do with Habitica. Oh, so good, right? So good. Well, speaking of help... I want to talk to our listeners briefly, like we always do, about how you guys can help us. We would love if you would come and support the show. If you become a patron at even $1 all the way up to 20 we have spots open right now in our in-game Habitica party. You can quest with us, receive loot with us, unlock pe pets with us. We're having a good time in there. Uh, we also have our Discord that is, it is live all the time. We pop in there every day. We are creating new content together. We're building a bot together. We're just talking about shows that we like, even other podcasts that we like. All of our supplements, we've talked about them some on the, on the show before. DMsGuild.com, search Garen Jones, and you can find all the stuff there. We never charge more than a buck, and some of it is pay what you want. So you can download it for free if you want to check out what we are made of. And finally, in our show notes, you will find the link for our t-shirts that we made. They look fantastic. They're showing off all the ability scores at 20 or 1 to show all of your friends, if you're really good or really suck at something. Anything you do to support the show goes directly to helping the show. So thank you guys for that. I know you guys would get a plus two in Ally Assist because this whole thing has been fantastic with the support we've gotten from the community. And you know who else gets a plus two in Ally Assist? Tug Dagon. Oh, boy. Bring it this on. Is a, this is a stacked category. Oh, First God. of all, 
Paladin, Aura of Courage. My friends within range of me cannot be frightened. Aura of Protection. If they're within 10 feet of me, they get a plus 3 to saves. Aura of Solidarity from the Oath of the Common Man. If they're within 10 feet of me and any one of them takes damage, I may choose, not even using my reaction, I may choose to divide that damage equally amongst everybody within that 10-foot range. Every turn? Also, anytime it happens. Whoa. If there's three of us standing there and we all three take damage, we can split all three of those times. I have also got Enhance Ability, Crusader's Mantle, which creates a 30-foot aura, giving all allies 1d4 radiant damage on their attacks. I have got Death Ward, which is an 8-hour duration spell, where if that ally drops to 0, they go to 1 instead, thus ending the spell. I've got Heroism. I've, I have Cleansing Touch, which is a Paladin trait, where I use my action to remove a spell effect a number of times equal to my Charisma modifier before a long rest. How did I not know about that Paladin trait isn't that awesome it's a great feature how did i not know about that what level do they give it to you that i believe that is the level 14 ability yeah that's pretty rad okay cool yes you use your action to end one spell on yourself or one willing creature wow and i took the protection fighting style come on plus two. Oh yeah yeah arguably worthy of another plus three so stacked category yeah, oh, definitely. So how balanced is your Habitica avatar this week? Dude, I, I got to go plus two again on this. Strength of 16, Dex of 10, Con of 14, Intelligence of 16, Wisdom of 13, Charisma of 16. In-game, my healer character, you use Strength, Perception, which helps you find loot, Intelligence, which helps you regain mana, and Constitution, which obviously helps you take less damage. So my character's got good con here. I've got great intelligence for a paladin, 16 intelligence. I've got an 8 persuasion, 6 insight, 8 deception, 8 intimidation. This is a very balanced character, nothing below a 10. It, it is. Now, I'm going to argue that you get a 1 because I'm arguing a 1 as well. Mine is also very balanced with a strength of 12, dex of 17, con of 12, intelligence of 12, wisdom of 12, charisma of 14, passive perception of 11, and a spell save DC of 14 with a plus 6 on those uh, spell attack bonuses uh, with wisdom being the spell cast ability. Now, the reason I'm arguing a one is on paper, this is a very balanced character, but we are level 14. And I think that for a ranger at 14th level, my decks should be a little bit higher than 17. And I think that your charisma as a paladin at 14th level should be higher than 16. Yeah, that's a very good point. Like I said, I was trying to emulate a little bit more of what my Habitica character is like, so I didn't put everything into charisma because that's a, that. that's a it's a good argument. You stayed on on theme, and I can't hate on that. So you'll get your two. I'll take my one. Oh, so generous of you. <laughs> uh, Habitica has changed you, Dan, in such well, in a great way. <laughs> one of my dailies is to be nice to Garen. I'm checking that box right now. You got now that experience. Be, now I can be an asshole. So moving into our smooth operator scenario for this week it was submitted by gabe kleinert who is a patron of ours and also one of the hosts of the inner party conflict podcast which we featured uh on our show on our halloween episode and garen why don't you go ahead and read that scenario for our listeners okay gabe says one night while relaxing in the local tavern a familiar face enters an old flame that rejected you years ago to your surprise they come straight to you professing that you are now and always have been the object of their affection now of course little do you know the romantic being before you is actually a magically constructed clone sent by your worst enemy to humiliate and or kill you so we don't know that but that is the situation dan 
How do you handle this? I would obviously use detect magic, figure out that this magical being is not legit right off the bat. But I'd play along and encourage the being to have a seat with me and have a drink. While she was petting my kitty, I would wink at the bartender and use the code word that I have with him to give me a glass of straight up laxative and a matching shot for me of regular alcohol. I would then cheers to (laughs) to our newfound love (laughs) and I would keep requesting another of the same arrangement about six or seven times from that bartender. And when nothing happens to her, the barkeep would probably get pretty curious and concerned. And I imagine at some point he'd ask her if she was feeling all right. I would then pretend to be offended with my plus six performance. And I would ask that we get the hell out of there, go back to my place, which was actually just a bunch of twigs by a creek. And then once we got there, I'd snuggle up with her have her slowly fall asleep next to me, and then I would hit hidden step and completely disappear. Disguising my voice, I would quietly whisper in her ear, this is your master. Remind me <laughs> remind me what it is that you have to do. And hopefully what? I would catch her <laughs> Hopefully, I'd catch her in a subconscious state and maybe she would like reiterate the intent. But if not, if I actually just woke her up by whispering in her ear, the voice would then reassure her that I was in fact dead and she can now go live happily ever after as the mission was accomplished. So either way, she ain't my problem no more. Okay, this there is so much going on here. I wanted <laughs> to take you by storm and confuse you. <laughs> you certainly did. You're pretending to be the master who has forgotten the plan. You also live in a pile of he sticks might just like be- Eeyore. He- no, man, it's a fur bug. I'm, I'm over there sitting by a creek with my panther. We straight chill. We like the sounds of the babbling brook. But also, maybe that master was just asking to see if she remembered. <laughs> That's not the way you phrased it, but okay. All right. Remind, remind me what it is that you're going to do again. It's not convincing. I'll, I'll give you a plus one because that would be very entertaining to experience at the table. I like the laxative shots. Yeah, and the, and the magical construct, we're on the same page there that you also would say, or that kind of thing wouldn't have an effect on them. Sure. Here's my angle on that, using the same kind of idea... She's coming on strong. I use calm emotions to cool this off real quick so I can get my head. But then I'm like, with my plus six to inside, I'm like, wait a second. That's weird. That didn't seem to work on her. So I excuse myself to the restroom. I stop quickly at the bar and I talk to the bartender and I make a show of pointing at her. Then I return after changing my face as a changeling. I return as a bartender where I use another feature of being a changeling called divergent persona, where with if you take on a particular shape that you have established, which for me is the bartender, you have proficiency in one tool and you are doubly proficient when you're in that shape. So I am doubly proficient in brewer's supplies and I make some bomb-ass drinks for her. Then I tell her they're compliments of me because I'm on the potty. And I make myself a drink that looks exactly the same, but it's non-alcoholic. I then return and start drinking enthusiastically. If they don't drink, I call them a buzzkill and say, we probably weren't meant for each other. And I peace out. You're sending her those sweet, sweet potty drinks. Yep. I'm going to hit the can. Here's a drink. Compliments of potty Pete. Tugged Dan up in the potty. All right. So what are you arguing here? I think that was a plus one worthy. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to argue that because we had pretty similar approach, all things considered. So how would you handle this in an aggressive situation? Although I do think that going to the, the poo-poo potty and sending some people some drinks is arguably pretty pretty aggressive. Well, then I think you need some context for what I think is aggressive on this. <laughs> right off the bat, I'm suspicious. She rejected me hard. And then she comes back saying, oh, I've loved you all this time. So I cast Zone of Truth. That reveals her true nature. She has no choice but to tell me exactly what's up. I then tell her to wait. And I go in the back room and I cast the spell Fabricate. 
to make an exact copy of the clone so she can go fuck herself. Nice. I love that. Yeah, what are you Plus arguing? Plus two. Yeah. yeah. That's aggressive. No, It is, and you'd, you'd make her literally go fuck herself, so I like it. I would keep everything the same up until we're snuggling at my place. Then I would instruct my panther to bite and latch onto her calf muscle and not let go. Because his attacks can <laughs> overcome magic resistances and whatnot, she'd feel it for sure. I'd interrogate her on her intentions, and then I'd have the panther let go once we got the information we needed. And then I would assume she'd probably try and run away. Panther would take her out with a pounce attack, and then I would tell the panther to clear because I would conjure a barrage and kill that fool. Plus one. I'm not going to argue with killing on this. It's a clone. Who cares? It doesn't have a life. Got to kill that fool. And it's and it's a cool way to die. Conjuring a barrage, it's a cool way to die. So moving into our X Factor, the scores are settled. I have a feeling I know which way this went, but I would like to know if you would take your Habitica avatar out of the app and into a game. Yes or no? Yes. I like this Paladin Oath. This Oath of the Common Man is a lot of fun. And... I like Paladins now. Now that I've seen what a high-level Paladin is really like, this is kind of the ultimate character. It has got everything for every category, and that proves itself when you see my scores for this week. We might talk about Druids and Bards kind of run in this game when we're doing the lab battles, but a high-level Paladin, I would put them pound for pound against pretty much any other class. You know, you don't have to tell me twice, because I think that low-level Pallies are actually still pretty useful but as for if i would play my character yes i think that you know i've been trying and trying and trying to make the ranger exciting i think that this character is a more exciting ranger i don't know if it could go pound for pound like you said against other classes at this level but i do think that it has a lot of utility and i think that there is quite a bit in the control setting and doing it with a furbolg is actually kind of fun it's super unoptimized but because of the traits of kind of invisibility that you get with a furbolg i think that combined with the ranger traits of being hard to detect and hard to track make it a lot of fun and super stealthy i could see multi-classing into a rogue with this and and having a very fun unoptimized build short answer yes i would play this good answer i like that and good battle this week dan it was very high scoring but i have beat you 13 to 9 but the Whoa. only person i want to stick it in the face of is james intracasso because i think i just beat his record of 12. You did, yes. That I was going to say, this has to be the highest scoring character ever, thanks to your natural 20 roll. So, you know, I, I think you can go ahead and check the box uh, in your dailies there to beat me in the lab today. I sure did, Dan. And now we got to run through a few more dailies before we wrap it up this episode. Thank you, Habitica, for making this episode possible. Thank you for our listeners. Thank you to anyone who has tried this app or this website. It's a lot of fun, and it's 100% changed the way that I do things throughout the day. I am accomplishing stuff that I have been putting off forever. You know how much I was putting things off? My character this week, I didn't even announce the background because the background I wrote was procrastinator. Because that's what I was. <laughs> sure. Well, and guys, if you want to stop being a procrastinator, as Garen mentioned in the Ally Assist section, you can join our Habitica party if you get on our Patreon at just $1. Of course, if you'd like to donate more, you can still be part of that party, and we'd be happy to have you and help you get a little bit more productive in your day. And talking about the future, and and um, and that's not all, guys. We got more coming. We have mentioned it before, but December, we are celebrating the 12 days of Christmas for our patrons. We have got a little surprise for them every single day leading up to Christmas. And next week, we are stoked to be having Carlos and Serena from Dungeon Rats and Rivals of Waterdeep on our show 
for a four-person lab battle. That is going to be an awesome episode. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, Garen. And folks, if you want to check out all of the cool stuff that was featured in today's show, be sure to look at the show notes. And if you'd like to have something that you've created on our show, please send it to our email for our consideration at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. And I think that about wraps things up for us this week, Lab Rats. All of my dailies are checked. And just remember, when it comes to character creation, it certainly doesn't have to be optimized. But it damn right has to be fun. Have a great week, guys. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.